Thank you for downloading the Walking On Air podcast. Before I begin, I would like to thank the three fantastic sponsors of this podcast. Where are you going on holiday this year? Will you be exploring the mysterious moorlands of Dartmoor or the lovely lakes of the Lake District? Perhaps you would like an adventure in Andalusia or an autumnal wine walk in Sicily or Spain. Do you want to return to the roots of Nordic walking and have a go at cross-country skiing in Norway? Or are you looking for a challenge walk somewhere further afield in Africa, India or Canada? You can find holidays to all these incredible destinations and many more at walkingwomen.com. Local women guides provide in-depth knowledge of each area and will encourage you to walk a little longer and walk a little higher. Use the discount code WOA23 to get a £50 discount off your next walking holiday. Walking women take care of the organisation so you can take care of yourself. The next sponsor is the go-to supplier of brilliant Nordic walking poles. Nordicwalk.store is the leading independent online retailer of quality Nordic walking poles in the UK. Always warm and friendly, I can vouch for the fact that you will get excellent customer service in their capable hands. Nordicwalk.store will deliver Lecky and XL poles the next day anywhere in the UK and if you need advice about which pole is right for you, then contact Paula, who is always happy to help answer your questions. And finally, have you ever considered turning an activity you love into your actual job? If you enjoy being outdoors, meeting new people and staying fit, why not train to become an instructor yourself? British Nordic Walking offers internationally recognised high-quality instructor courses and provides amazing ongoing support for its instructor network. If this sounds tempting, then you can book an instructor training course with a £25 discount if you visit www.britishnordicwalking.org.uk, click on the Train With Us tab and book using the discount code WALKING23. I trained with British Nordic Walking back in 2014 and it provided me with all the information I needed to start teaching and gave me the confidence to set up as an instructor on my own. As a British Nordic Walking instructor, you too will benefit from ongoing support from the community and CPD opportunities to enhance your own knowledge. Further details, discount codes and links to the sponsors' websites can be found in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Walking On Air podcast, winner of the Inspiration of the Year Award in the Community Sports and Recreation Alliance Awards for 2022. This podcast is for the whole Nordic walking community, from beginner to instructor wherever you are in the world. I'm Mary Tweed, an instructor with British Nordic Walking, and each week I will be discussing various topics with Nordic walkers who are experts in their own particular fields, covering a diverse range of topics about ways in which Nordic walking benefits health and well-being. If you find this podcast beneficial, then I would be extremely grateful if you would consider occasionally making a small donation, the price of a cup of coffee, by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash walking on air. This helps cover the cost of producing these podcasts. 
In this week's episode, I'm talking to Steve Collis, outdoor enthusiast and director owner of Upper Limits UK based in Bristol. Steve loves to step out of his comfort zone, whether skydiving, rock climbing or learning a new skill. This enables him to live his life to the fullest. He first discovered his adventurous streak when he joined the army aged 16, which taught him the skills and abilities he now uses daily. Upper Limits UK provides professional training in a style that is normally associated with the British Armed Forces for individuals and businesses alike. Their activities, events and training programmes are designed to motivate, build team spirit and give all those who attend a sense of achievement and well-being. Steve joins me today to talk about outdoor first aid and why this is such a vital skill for us all to learn. Welcome, Steve Collis, to Walking On Air. Many thanks, Mary. Nice to be on. Please, could you start by telling the audience a bit about your outdoor experience? Um, well, first of all, I think it all started. I was I was born and brought up in South Wales on the Gower, fortunately enough. And, um, you know, right from a young age, I was always off exploring. Um, I joined the, the forces when I was 16 as a junior leader. And I think that gave me many opportunities then to take part in a lot more outdoor activities. Um, things like skiing, mountain biking, even parachuting while I was serving in Germany. Uh, and then during my time whilst transferring from the Royal Signals to the Army Physical Training Corps, I was able to, to f- sort of further and enhance my training by becoming an expedition leader, which is now the, the sort of mountain leader as we know it. And also doing things such as a kayak and canoe coach, rock climbing instructor and mountain bike instructor as well. Having all those qualifications has sort of given me then the opportunity during my time in the services and since leaving to to lead many expeditions, you know, all over the UK and events such as the Three Peaks Challenge and things like that, as well as going off and doing rock climbing, canoeing, mountain biking in the places like the Pyrenees, Canada, America. Been fortunate enough while serving in Croatia to get out to Brack Island and do some rock climbing out there whilst on R&R. So, so a whole range of things, really, that I've, you know, just had the opportunity to, to take part in. Sounds like lots of fun. <laughs> um, please, could you explain the mission of Upper Limits UK? Yeah, so my mission really is to provide professional first aid, mountain training and activities for a diverse range of individuals, groups and businesses alike. I mean, I was lucky with the, with the Bristol group that I, I taught on a first aid course before, a real diverse group of individuals and just lovely to get them in and have different people from different backgrounds from across Bristol coming on such a course. Because normally I would just have people from from sort of a, an outdoor um, background then that would come along on that. So it would normally be just your climbers or your, your, your kayakers or your hill walkers. But it was really nice to get a different different group group in on that on that course really nice and just to be clear this is a group from bristol nordic walking which is one of the largest uh, nordic walking groups in the uk yeah that's correct yeah great great bunch down there and i'd, I'd um, recommend them to anybody and as you noted um, nordic walking is an activity that appeals to a very wide range of people covering all ages all fitness levels could you just describe some of the things that can go wrong when people venture outside for exercise? So the, th- the thing that I see the most, I think, is people that are venturing out there ill-prepared. 
And this may be from not wearing suitable clothing and footwear to underestimating the sort of terrain or the weather conditions. And an example of that, I think, is I tend to attract these people on the hills for whatever reason. Um, you know, halfway up Penifan or coming off Penifan even, um, in, in poor conditions, I was with a, a small group and I had a young family that were following me off. And um, I heard the gentleman in the group just say to his, what I suppose was his partner, just say, oh, follow, follow that guy off. He seems to know where he's going. And I was thinking, well, I'm not going off. I'm going up even higher, you know, well, not even higher, but I'm just going off onto another peak. So I just went back and just, just let him know. And he was sort of like shocked thinking, oh my God, I could have gone up, you know, onto another peak rather than heading down off this mountain, you know? So you sort of get that and people, I was coming off then, I came off Penafan another time and towards the bottom of that, I mean, perfect conditions. I came across a group that were just heading up. This was around about four in the afternoon. And um, one of them just turned to me and said, oh, wh- which way is Penafan? And I just sort of turned around and had a look behind me because you just couldn't miss it on the skyline. And and back just at Easter there, I was up around the Cadiz area in, in the bottom end of uh, North Wales, if you like. And um, again, coming off Cadiz, uh, I bumped into a small group just heading up. And again, it was around about 4, 4.30 in the afternoon. And one lady in, in the group said to me, oh, we, tell me we're nearly halfway there now. And I'm like, do you mean halfway to the lake or halfway to the top? And it was like, what? Do you mean we're not anywhere near the top? And I thought it's going to take you at least another four, four and a half hours to get up, you know, let alone come back off safely as well. So I think for me, it's just seeing people out that are that are really ill-prepared. And the range of injuries I've come across range really from people with asthma or just coming across somebody with a blister uh, and even coming across somebody with a, a, a potential heart attack. Uh, on the top of Snowdonia, you know, um, and having to deal with that sort of situation. So there's a really big, wide variety of, of things that we come across in the outdoors. And how does outdoor first aid differ from indoor first aid? I think the big thing is that you need to improvise because you don't always have access to a lot of the, the life-saving equipment that you have in the indoors. So a lot of the time that, you know, your your first aid kit will be a lot smaller than one you've got in the office, for example. It may take then the emergency services far longer to reach you. And then, of course, environmental factors such as the weather, um, even wild animals and plants, you know, whether you could get a sort of a rash or irritation from or even get bitten by come into play. But I think, for example, if someone breaks a leg in the outdoors or up on the high peaks, if they're up there and it gets cold, then not only are you dealing with somebody with a broken leg, but potentially with hypothermia if those symptoms aren't recognised soon. And as Nordic walking instructors, we all have to have a current first aid certificate, which we have to repeat every three years. Who else do you think would benefit from undergoing the first aid training? I think anyone really that's heading out into the outdoors should have sort of these basic skills uh, and including navigation as well. Like I said to you earlier, you know, when I've come across people who are out, many of them don't even carry a map. You know, they they have no idea and just following other people blindly up onto the hills. And I think if anything happened to to that type of individual up there, that they just wouldn't know how to cope with it, you know. So I think uh, these skills learned could save a life, whether 
you know, that'd be a family member, you know, somebody you just come across. And it's good now that schools are even teaching uh, these basic skills. You know, many schools are, are introducing first aid and navigation into their curriculum. Well, I know they are around this sort of area anyway. I'm not sure about the whole of the UK, but um, it would be good to see it, you know, r- right across the UK. And so how long do you think <clears throat> it takes to earn a first aid certificate, the basic level? So the basic first aid, the emergency first aid certificate would take you approximately six hours for an accredited and certified qualification. And then that leading on to sort of an outdoor qualification, which is two days or 18 hours at level three, or even the full three day first aid at work qualification. Then, you know, you could get into the level four rec qualifications as well, which really start to touch on then your sort of um, more serious injuries uh, and dealing with sort of oxygen-related injuries or providing oxygen to your casualties as well. And, okay, so if I was going out, what basic kit should I be carrying in my backpack? So I think the basics would be um, your own medication, for sure. So if you suffer already with any sort of injury or illness, then make sure you've got your own uh, medication, maybe, whether that be like a, an asthma pump or maybe a, an auto injector of some kind, or even sort of medication for you know any heart problems that you may have, uh, and then things that if you're going to come across a, a casualty when you're out, you want to also protect yourself. So a pair of surgical gloves, a face shield for giving resuscitation if need be, and then all the basics such as a blister plastic kit, various dressings, triangular dressings. And I think for me, the biggest thing that I keep in mind is uh, a roll of tape, because like I said earlier, you need to improvise so much in the outdoors. And that roll of tape can sort of be used as a sling, for example, to strap somebody's arm up or hold it in place, to repair a set of waterproofs, hold the sole of a shoe back on if it's come off or anything like that, you know. So a roll of tape is quite an important one for me. I hadn't thought of that one before, but I should go out and buy a pair, a, a roll of duct tape and um, put it in my backpack immediately. How do the seasons affect the type of first aid situations that you come across? So I, I give this uh, a bit of thought, actually. I, I think it's not about the seasons. I think when you look at, you know, we're in yeah. touching on the end of May, beginning of June now, and, and I don't know what it's like with you there, but um, oh. I've, I've, had, I've had all four seasons in one, one morning already. And I think we just need to be aware of that, you know, and, uh, and and just go prepared. Obviously, in wintertime, there's a higher risk of somebody suffering with hypothermia or even frostbite. And likewise, in the summer, we might have somebody that's going down with heat exhaustion or heat stroke if that's not recognised early. So I think realistically, we just need to be aware of, um, you know, what the conditions can can change and how quickly they can change. Because the last thing we want is your sort of walk in the park to turn into your sort of worst nightmare up on the hills somewhere. We've covered the seasons. We've covered navigation and equipment. Do you have any other key messages for people before they head out into the great outdoors? I think the biggest one is be prepared. You you never know what you're going to go into. You never know how the conditions are going to change. Just think about your clothing and equipment. Think about the conditions. Pack accordingly for that. I know that the, the Brecon Mountain Rescue Team have a, have a separate team of volunteers in the National Park now that are looking or hanging around in the car parks and advising people, what kit have you got in your rucksack today? You know, Are you prepared for, for if the weather changes? And if 
if they haven't got the right kit, they're advising them maybe on a different route than what they were planning to do so that we're cutting back on affecting our emergency services and saving, you know, a lot of time and money. And also we're not putting other people at risk. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the key messages is that yeah. people who are unprepared are potentially risking the helpers' lives, aren't they? Absolutely. That was shown very clearly last year in the Lake District when um, a mountain rescue member sustained life-changing injuries um, yeah. during lockdown when somebody was camping in the conditions they shouldn't have been out in. I think I think now as well, because of the likes of social media, I think a lot of a lot of peaks that weren't weren't accessible, or even national parks that weren't, you know, people didn't think were accessible before, because people can go on so much social media and see how accessible they are, they're, they're just going out and having a go now, you know, without without even thinking about the risk, you know, which is, which is a big problem, really. And then finally, this podcast is called Walking On Air, which is a play on words, but I particularly like the euphemism of walking on air, meaning happy and elated. So what is your top tip for walking on air? So I've got a little bit of play on words as well. So that is, if you want to improve your fitness level, play sport or simply enjoy the fresh air of some of the world's biggest adventure playgrounds, then gain confidence through learning new skills and take your goals to the upper limits. Fantastic. I love the way you got upper limits in there. (laughs) Thank you very much, Steve, for coming on today and sharing your experience and your knowledge with this audience. You've been a great guest. So thank you very much. No problems and thanks for having me on. As well as first aid, Steve highlighted the importance of being well prepared before heading out for a long walk. Do take a listen to episode 28 in which Mike Parsons explains the different types of outdoor kit that are necessary for staying warm, safe and dry. And also to episode 37 in which Nikki Sproson talks about the importance of learning basic navigation skills. Stay safe out there. I hope that you have enjoyed Walking On Air, and if so, then I would be extremely grateful if you could spare 30 seconds to like and review this podcast on the platform that you listen on, and hit the subscribe button, particularly if you listen on Apple. It will help spread the word about Nordic Walking and about this podcast. If you have any feedback, suggestions of a topic or a story that you want to share on this podcast, please get in touch by emailing hello at walkingonairpodcast.co.uk. You can also follow the show on social media. On Facebook, it is simply Walking On Air and on Instagram, the handle is walking underscore on underscore air underscore podcast. Have a great week and happy Nordic walking. Finally, before I go, I would just like to thank this episode's sponsors, British Nordic Walking, NordicWalk.store and Walking Women. Their support enables our community to share knowledge and learn together.